welcome to another episode of the Marvel Masterworks Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam. With me, as always, is my co-host, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Marvel fans? It's the Avenger with the power of unlimited dad jokes. It's the Emerald Enthusiast. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's quite the power. You're very, you'd be very unique in the Marvel Universe. Cause I, I mean, maybe Hawkeye would give you a run for your money, because <laughs> you know, he's a dad. Uh and now, well, Tony wasn't that, but you know, yeah, you, we all know what happened to him. Uh, well, as the gray in my beard suggests, I've been a dad for a while, so the dad joke skills are well honed. Yeah, you're very, you're very <laughs> astute in, the, in that department. Um, so there's not really much in the way of news uh, mm-hmm. on the Marvel front, so we can just jump into our main topic, which is the reviewing the first three episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Indeed. So that's what we're going to do. So, Donnie, let's uh, let's start in order because we don't want to go crazy. Okay. And let's start with episode one, as you would with a, a TV series. <laughs> okay, episode one. And I just want to say before we start, uh, in many ways, this is kind of the opposite of WandaVision. This is Marvel deciding to go very grounded, at least in the Marvel sense, very realistic. And we start out, the first episode is called New World New World Order. Oh, so it's the NWO. Yeah. Burnout. You know, Burnout. I, <laughs> I kind of feel jaded now that I know that that was the title, because where was Bischoff, where was Hogan, <laughs> and where was Scott and Hall? If you're going to call an episode that title, those guys should be as a cameo. I'm very upset. We need, we need a Jim Ross screaming about the Winter Soldier. Whose side is he on? So what I'm uh, going to do now is I'm going to do what the internet does when they don't get what they want. I'm going to start hashtagging and saying <laughs> that Marvel doesn't know what they're doing and they don't have a plan and all the jargon that I hear on Twitter about uh, about DC because uh, apparently, you know. You would think with, with, all, with all the content we've gotten lately, people would be a little happier. And just, I'm just a little bit bitter over the over the, like some of the stupidity I hear. Yeah, um, it's like uh, just a disclaimer. This goes for Marvel too. So this is a disclaimer that I can I think I can make um, confidently that will work for both sides. Just because either Marvel in this case or DC on the other side is not making the movie that you want to see, it does not mean that they don't have a plan or don't know what they're doing. It just means that you don't like what they're doing. It's as simple as that, folks. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. And that's it. There's my rant. Anyway, lack of yeah. NWO, already taking a point off. Continue, Don. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I meant to say Bobby Heenan, not Jim Ross. I hate yeah. mistakes. Go back and watch Bash to the Beach, 96. Anyway. Well, so yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> so... Back to the opening scene, uh, I really like the evolution of Sam's costume over the years. Mm. It took me a while to get used to Red Wing being, you know, a, a mecha part of his costume, you know, being a drone rather than an actual bird. I still would have preferred a trained bird, but that's that's okay. I've really gotten used to it. I like what they're doing. And the opening scene is him trying to uh, save a hostage from the LAF. And I actually checked with a friend of mine who's a huge Captain America fan. And I said, this seems to me like they're actually based on Batroc's Brigade, which is an old group in the Captain America comics. And he thinks it's them, too. They um, 
they would be kind of loosely based on Batroc's brigade, but that's where he thinks the origin is from. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm not familiar with him, so I'll, I'll trust. Yeah. I'll trust your source. Yeah. So we see uh, Georgia Saint Pierre. He's back as Batroc. He's yeah. awesome as Batroc. I really like him. Uh, you know, I wish he had a costume, a little bit more of a costume, but that's a minor criticism. And, you know, as a, as a Leaf fan, I like the fact that they made um, a French-Canadian a villain. You know, just <laughs> throw, throw that out there. Uh, Speaking of French, that's the only thing. I really wish one time Batroc would get knocked down and he'd be like, Sacre bleu! Because you know, he's always saying that in the comics. So, yeah. Hmm. So, uh, I like the uh, the shield ceremony. Uh, eventually, you know, Sam does recover. Uh, what was that? What was that? Uh, the doctor's name? Do you remember? Not doctor. Um, the the hostage in the, the opening scene. I can't remember his name. Me neither. It's escaping me. Jeez, uh, I can't. I can't recall. Yeah, but anyway, Sam makes the save without. You know, the the key to that thing was that he had to make a save basically within the the borders of the United States. He or risk an international incident, and he did right. that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I With, mean, it was c- cutting it close, but yeah. So then later on, we see the shield ceremony, and uh, and that is, of course, you know, Falcon giving the shield away to, you know, basically giving it to America a- as a display piece. And I really like the symmetry of War Machine and Sam kind of finding friendship and common ground, because if you remember in Civil War, they were on opposing sides. And really not happy with one another. And, you know, and of course, you know, uh, uh, Rhodey was gravely injured there. And I like the fact that, you know, we see them come back together. Uh, We see the first Avenger suit that is on display. And also, if you noticed on the wall, we see Captain America number one from 1941. There was the cover of Captain America number one. Yeah. In the middle of all those pictures. So, well, and it makes sense because remember at the end of, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, you see kids reading Captain America comics, mm-hmm. right? So it, it makes sense that in in the MCU, he would be a comic character. Yep. So, yeah. And, and I believe, uh, I think I read somewhere one time, and don't quote me on this, but like one of every like four or five care packages in World War II contained some kind of comic book to soldiers. Soldiers that, really liked yeah. comics back then. That would mean, yeah, they had good taste, you know. <laughs> very, very astute individuals. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like, I will say I like seeing Rhodey, um, you know, and sort of showing that they've patched up their differences from Civil War. Um, although, let's be honest, you know, the, 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 you, you knew that the, that the, the, the animosities weren't really going to last when um, by the way the hot captain Vasant that's what I was looking for okay, okay. yeah uh, but you know that you kind of knew the hostilities weren't gonna last when they were having witty banter as they were fighting on the, on the battlefield you know like like when people are saying we're still friends right you know that this that this animosity is not gonna last yeah. And it was all done without uttering anybody's mother's name. (laughs) Well, that never gets old, anyway. But uh, we can say that because we're a fan of those characters, so you know, right? We're not disparaging. Yeah. 
So we cut to Bucky getting therapy, which I really thought this was a really kind of powerful scene. It was a good a good way to slow down the pacing from the the first part of the series or the first part of the episode because you have, you know, Sam making this huge rescue, this aerial battle, showing his skills, and then we cut to Bucky on the more um uh, intellectual side of things trying to recover from everything that he's been through now that he went to Wakanda and and had that programming from Hydra taken out of him. So what did you think of that scene? Again, I, I like it because it's twofold. It shows that, you know, uh, these heroes are not uh, impervious uh, mm-hmm. to, to some of the struggles that, that, that we normal folk go through. Uh, and it would make sense that he's going through therapy in the wake of, you know, it's a couple things with Bucky. Is there, you know, they want to make sure that there's no residual Winter Soldier, you know, programming in there. Right. But also, you know, I think at this point, see, I'm confused because they make it seem like Cap, you know, Steve Rogers is dead at this point. Right, which we know he's not dead. He's just old and seemingly retired at this point. I would think. Right, uh, but the way the way they had the, the, that ceremony, kind of, so it's like, but even if reti- obviously, okay, so let's let's pretend that he's still retired, which I think is the case. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they would have told us if he was dead, dead. Um, but you know, go. You got to remember, this is only what what is this set? A couple of months after um, Endgame. Yeah, I think I think it's a few months. I mean, it, it seems it seems like it's very fresh. They're still talking about, you know, people coming back from the blip, the blip and deal, yeah. dealing with things. Yeah, so uh, so it makes sense that um, they'd still be struggling with Steve's gone, in, yeah. a, in a sense. So yeah. And one of the things I noticed in the uh, the psychiatrist's office is. Behind Bucky was this painting, this giant painting on the wall, and it was woods. And the way the light was coming in the room, I think they wanted to use the metaphor, like the the light was projecting. It was kind of small on one side, and it gradually got better. Yeah. Gradually got more bright. And I think that they were trying to project this metaphor of him coming out of the woods, coming out of this dark place, trying to recover. So I did appreciate that little detail. Now maybe I'm projecting and I'm reading a little bit too much into that, but I really like the way that looked. That's so. a good call. I would have, I would have never made that 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 assertion. So well done, sir. Oh well, thank you. Uh, I also noticed that uh, Doctor Rayner is her name. She uses some questionable language and tones towards him. She's kind of brusque and a little hostile towards him. Not that she's not trying to help him. But uh, she's a little unusual, um, and Bucky doesn't seem to be very tolerant of some of her methods. And in, in fact, at one point, he says, "You're a terrible therapist," because she keeps bringing out the notebook whenever he won't talk, and that's kind of a threat almost. So, well, well listen, my th- <laughs> my thing is, if you want a good therapist, you go to Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Anybody else is <laughs> well. You'll get some problems solved, but you're likely to leave with quite a few more. <laughs> That's all right. I'm, I'm not willing to take the risk, especially if Margot Robbie's in the persona of said person. 
Uh, well, yeah, how did funny. I know that you were going to say that? Well, you know, you, well, where is it? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, Donnie, and I know I'm, I'm crossing the street with, with this thing, but just in case the, in case the listeners of Marvel don't have, don't, aren't aware of my, my list, well, they are aware of my list, but not only do I have Scarlett Johansson, uh, the girl that plays Sharon Carter, that we're going to see in a, in a bit, yes. um, um, Elizabeth Olsen, but I also have DC actresses on the list, and Margot Robbie, who plays uh, Dr. Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, is most assuredly on the list. On the list. <laughs> it's a good thing that DC expanded to the Omniverse recently instead of just a multiverse, because it's going to need to expand to keep keep pace with all the atoms out there that are getting Listen, buried. <laughs> my, thing, my thing is, if Santa Claus thinks he's got a long list, he ain't seen nothing until he's seen my list. How about that? <laughs> Oh. He works one day a year. He's got problems. <laughs> so another thing that I noticed about uh, Dr. Rayner is that she insists on Bucky making amends, which usually that would be a good therapeutic practice, but I don't think that applies to super criminals. So he's not taking her too literally. He's not killing anybody, but at the same time, the people that, her, that he's going after, like former Hydra associates, uh, he's dealing out a little bit of pain, so I thought that was a fun scene. Yeah. <clears throat> and we also, uh, in a bar, they cut to a bar, and Yori, who's a friend of Bucky's, he gets him a date with a woman named Leah. So I thought that was a really funny scene, how he was just kind of forward. <laughs> that was cool. And, yeah. I mean, poor Bucky hasn't had a date in how long? Well, I think he said he hadn't been dancing since 1943. So. Right, and, and Steve even got a date at that point. I mean, right. Steve, Steve got married eventually because of the whole going back and yeah. time thingy. Uh, uh, I assume he got married, or at least spent the rest of his life. Yeah, because he said well, we, yeah, I would assume that, that, yeah, yeah, that, he, yeah. that he married. And he finally got that dance with Peggy, so good for him. Right, exactly, yeah. No, I really love now I meant to ask something, Donnie, because I'm sure. curious. Since we're in the in the Captain America corner of, of the MCU, sure. If let's assume, let's pretend that they did in fact get married. Okay. Would that, in some weird kind of way, make Steve um, Sharon's uncle? I would have to assume so, and yes, we're getting into a really weird timeline then. <laughs> because he kind of kissed her at one point, and that's yeah, kind yeah. of incestuous. Just uh, it's a little weird. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of relationships in comics that are like that. So we normally, just need to... I, normally I'd say if you're into that, that's up to you. But no, I'm sorry, incest is not something I can get. Yeah, that. that's that again. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, a little weird. You know, yeah. Everybody's got their kinks, but that's a little overboard. But anyway. Yeah, I, I just wanted to figure that out because I'm not, when I saw the moment in the screen, I'm like, "Oh, that's nice." And then on the drive home, I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> and I'm trying to do the math. I'm like, "Well, I got a headache," and I just yeah. stopped. Yeah, when you start talking about multiple timelines and things like that, you know, whether it's Marvel or DC, yeah, you'll get a headache that way. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, but back to the bar scene. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, Yori is somebody who Bucky seems to have formed a relationship with because that was something Dr. Rayner was like, you know, you don't have any real friends. You're not calling anyone. And uh, Yori seems to be an interesting character. 
And uh, I like the fact that he took, you know, Bucky's love life into his own hands. So, you know, Falcon might be the one who flies, but Yori's Bucky's wingman. See, I told you you'd get dad jokes. <laughs> He's got an endless supply. Endless supply. But things actually start to take a turn because we see that Bucky is the one who killed Yori's son, RJ, when he was under the Winter Soldier programming. Right. So that was an interesting twist. It, indeed it was. And, and it, you know, what I, what I like about that is you could see the, the regret that, that, that Bucky carries with him for all his past uh, mis, misdeeds. Yeah. Like, you know, when he realizes that in the flashback, you could see when he makes the connection. Yeah. You can see the pain. Definitely. Well, remember when he uh, it was in Civil War, when uh, I believe it was Tony asked him, you know, do you even remember the murder? And Bucky's like, I remember them all. You know, yeah. he, he, he couldn't stop himself. He was kind of conscious during that, but he couldn't stop himself. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I really liked that scene. It was very powerful when you see him <laughs> processing that and processing that regret. I think it was it was very interesting. Yeah. So Bucky eventually gets that date with Leah, and she seems to like him. And it's nice to kind of see him having a good time, even though he's very, very awkward. And the <laughs> yeah, the guy deserves, let's be honest, the guy deserves a win, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a few different things happen towards the end of the episode. We see that Torres is investigating the Flag Smashers in Switzerland. Mm. Um. We see that Sam's sister is struggling with her business, and ultimately, Sam can't help her because he was gone in the blip for five years. And that's another thing that I've liked so far with, uh, we saw it in WandaVision, and we're seeing it now, this kind of repopulation of the world with the other half of the people who came back. Yeah, and the They are though, yeah. addressing those problems. They're not just like shoving that aside, shoving it under the rug. They're saying they're making those story points, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I dug it too. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the episode ends with the fact that we see that uh, who exactly made the decision? Uh, did they say, was it, I don't know, was it S.H.I.E.L.D.? who made the decision to uh, actually reassign the shield to John Walker. That's the big reveal at the end. I believe it was, it was shield. I believe. Yeah. So, well, actually just checking real quick. It just says the government, but yeah, maybe uh, again, they, I guess they wanted to leave that kind of nebulous, but again, at the end of the episode, you just see that it's John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. agent from the comics, or at least some version of him, who is given the shield. Yeah, uh, and that was a big shock to uh, both Sam and Bucky. And, and I mean, it wasn't really a shock in the sense of I didn't see it coming because it was in the trailer. Mm -hmm. But the hard-hitting impact of it was was interesting because even I, it was weird seeing somebody else holding that shield. Yeah, very much. So. And Sam is obviously distraught. And uh, I really like the memes 
that followed. Uh, and one of them being a shot of, you know, it was it was uh, John Walker on one side and Steve Rogers on the other side. And it said, you know, it had John Walker labeled Justice League. And, of course, uh, Cap was labeled Zack Snyder's Justice League. So... <laughs> I will laugh at it. That's kind of humorous, but yeah, uh, yeah. There were there were a lot of those, so I uh, definitely thought that was funny. So did they do the Walmart and Chanel one too? Well, yeah, I saw quite a few, a plethora, if you will. So yeah, gotta love the internet. Yeah, but you know, and I will say there, this: there, though, there's two things they're doing: either complaining about something or making memes about something, or making <laughs> memes. Right. I will say this: though, I mean, this series. It really hinges on the acting skills of Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. If those two guys weren't so well honed, despite the fact that it has the Marvel machine behind them, I don't think this series would work. And also, yeah, you're right. And I like the banter between them, you know. Uh, but the, 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 all you have to do is watch that, that, inter- that the interrogation, the, the, the therapy scene yeah. with the two of them. And, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I want to say they have a a lot of chemistry together, and uh, they really make this work. And so, yeah. So, what would you rate this episode? Uh, Are we doing uh, letter grades or or numbers? I forgot how we did one division. Uh, let's well, let's do letter grades. What do you say? I will give it a solid. B plus, a solid start. Yeah. Uh, the the action scene at the beginning really gets you hooked, and uh, the character moments, and it seems like you're really dealing with the fallout of both the blip and and the uh, retirement of Steve Rogers. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to give it an A-. I'm not exactly sure what else I would have wanted out of it. There were a couple parts where I thought it drug just a little bit. But it's like you say, it feels like this year, you know, that Marvel is, they're bringing the movies to us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that action scene yeah, where he was flying through, you know, the canyons or wherever, wherever they were. Um, that is movie level. No yeah. doubt about it. No, there's no doubt. I mean, this like I said, it's just it's so much fun to see the Marvel universe progressing from home in this time of a pandemic. Yeah, it's just been invaluable. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we are on to episode two, the Star Spangled Man. And I want to say something before I start talking about this episode. Okay, the actor Wyatt Russell, who is playing John Walker has already gotten death threats because of things he's done on the show. And I have heard the same thing from, like, actors and actresses from The Walking Dead when they play villains. People will... It is a TV show. It is fictional. It does not exist. This is only for your entertainment, and if you cannot differentiate reality from fantasy, maybe this is not the show for you. (laughs) Come on now. Folks... Don't be a special breed of stupid because this is just, <laughs> this is a special breed of stupid. Like I can't even help. 
like I don't know what to say. I would say seek help, but I don't even know if you're if you're intelligent enough to do that. If you can't differentiate between actors playing a role, they're human beings playing a part. That's what actors do. Yeah. Get over it. Walk outside. <laughs> Smell a flower. So yeah. Uh, so I guess there are really are people like that. On the way to getting help, smell a couple of flowers. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, if you're making death threats to actors for playing a part, you need help. Serious. I'm being honestly 100 percent serious. Yeah. Uh, uh, serious. Yes. You need there serious is something, help. There is something wrong with that. Yeah. And if you can't see, it's the same thing with threatening a studio uh, uh, because they won't release a movie or, or continue releasing movies. Anytime it involves a threat, you've gone way too far. It's entertainment. That's all it is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You you people make general. I mean, the 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 the, the cluster of stupidity. That's what I'm going to call it. Make the rest of fandom look bad. Yeah. Stop it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I feel bad for Wyatt Russell. Obviously, he's not the first to have this happen, but I'm I'm baffled and I like that to people make a joke and say he won't be the last, but it's not a problem. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. <laughs> but the sad thing is, the sad thing is, it's true. These people will stop, and yeah. then look if if top caliber actors stop agreeing to be in these things because of of idiotic fans, you got nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah. Exactly. I, I just, I can't, you know, it, it reminds me that that episode of Friends where that character that Brooke Shields played, the one who thought Joey was actually Dr. Drake Ramore. And <laughs> I guess there actually are people out there like that. So I, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, back to the episode, we see John Walker. He's on Good Morning America as, as the new Captain America. Yeah. And we kind of see his backstory, his training, and, you know, he's talking about how he wants to live up to the mantle of Captain America. So I really did like that scene, you know, showing him as, as somebody who is you know, very physically special to kind of try to step into this role as Captain America. So, Look, I, I, I like that whole introduction, and I like the fact that they showed him as a guy really focused on doing this to serve his country. I didn't see him um, as a bad guy or anything like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I I just saw him as a guy trying to do the right thing to serve his country. And again, the interview on uh, Good Morning America, um, made it feel real, you know, realistic. Yeah. Well, really, in the, in the comics, I'll say this: from you know that character, it's it's patriotism taken to a dark place. It's patriotism gone awry. Sure. And you can see that you know as as you see the series progress, he does have some character flaws that will become an issue, obviously. Right, but it didn't start out that way. Like on the right. outside, no, it did uh, not. In, in this first episode, he seems like a good candidate for yeah. the job. He's not someone who sets out to be a villain. Put it that way. Now, can I ask a question? Does he have 
Does Super Soldier show him in him? Uh, he does not, at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want to say he has some kind of enhanced powers, but now that you're asking me, I can't exactly remember from the comics. I mean, I can remember okay. stories I've read with him, but yeah, I can't remember now. Okay. Um, I know that he is... The first time he fights Captain America, he's kind of younger and quicker. I remember their first battle, and uh, he kind of got the best of Cap. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, cool. I will say this, though. Uh, you know, they also move on, and we see a really good exchange between Sam and Bucky. And I like the fact that uh, that Bucky disproves of Sam's decision to give the shield up. Yeah. Yeah. And they have that kind of nice exchange. Uh, and, and I like that because it's showing that Bucky agrees with Cap's assessment of of wanting of thinking that Sam is the right guy for the job. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like that that you know dynamic. Uh, so yeah, and it shows that despite their animosity. That there's a respect there, like for you know, for Bucky to feel that way, shows a, a level of respect. Yeah, and I really like that scene where they're talking about what was the big three it was aliens and mechas and and, and, and uh, sorcerers. Wizards. Yes, yeah, wizards. Right. Wizards. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really, I really like that. He was like, "Oh, that's definitely a thing," you know. Falcon said, and he was like, "They're the big three. And, <laughs> and when he said the big three, I was like. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman? Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm like, are we going to get a JLA versus uh, versus Avengers, like the comic? I'm like, I'm, I'm down for that. Oh, I love that. So, <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, man. Well, I mean... I, I'd I've like always... to say, here's my bank account. Go ahead and drain it. <laughs> <laughs> all the toys, all the figures, everything else. Just go ahead. Uh, From the first dollar to the last. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so they travel to Munich and they find the Flag Smashers smuggling medicine. And we learn that the Flag Smashers are people who think that the world was better during the blip and they don't like the governments, nations of the world reasserting themselves. And so they are trying to send the world back to the time of the blip. Oh. Yeah. So it sounds like um, um, uh, sounds very. What's how can I say this? But sounds very reminiscent of a certain person who was in political power. Oh gosh! Uh, yeah. Let's not go but, there. <laughs> uh, a few months ago, that's what I'm trying to say. But yeah, continue. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to block that out. Anyway, so. it's, it's part of your history books now. So I'm gonna, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna act like I was in a blip for four years. You may, anyway. you may, you may need therapy for that. Yeah, contact Bucky's therapist. <laughs> I, you know, I think I'd be a better therapist than her. She, like I said, she has some you questionable. Self, you could self-therapy. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So your um, self-therapy would be, oh, I'm gonna buy myself more comic books. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's that's a perfect strategy right there. That's how I would diagnose people. Yeah, you need more comic books. <laughs> so, uh, but we see that the Flag Smashers, they are super powered. Yeah. And 
they when Falcon and and Bucky try to deal with them, they are quickly overpowered. And I really like that fight scene. And they are actually rescued by um, Walker and Lamar Hoskins, who is known as Battlestar. And uh, this is a this is a character. I have something funny to well, not really funny, but uh, somewhat ironic uh, to say about him at the end of the episode. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, I they show up and you see immediately that there's tensions between the four of them, meaning you know Battlestar and and the new Captain America and and Bucky and Falcon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Uh... I gotta say, at the start, I'm digging both of these both of these characters. Yeah. You know, John Walker and and what was his name? Battlestar Lamar Bat- Hoskins. Yeah. yeah, Battlestar. Yeah. Yeah. When they yeah. said Battlestar, I was like Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually what I have to tell you about. But anyway, at the end of the, at the at, when we talk about the end of this episode, but uh, they want Sam, meaning. Walker and Hoskins, they want Sam and Bucky to join them in yeah. the Global Repatriation Council. Yeah. And that's another element of the show that I like. Again, there's an added element of realism that if all of these people suddenly repopulated the Earth, it wouldn't be something that where everybody just kind of hugged it out and it was, you know, yeah, it was a brand like, new day. Fist bump and let's carry on like nothing. Yeah. 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 That it would create a number of problems. So yeah, I, I, like I, that. I think it's true to life in the sense that it's probably going to mirror something we're going to, the world is going to need post pandemic. Like there's going to be a period of, you know, getting reacclimated to whatever normal is. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's kind of, it has some real world kind of uh, nods to it. So we also see that Sam and Bucky, they travel to Baltimore and Sam introduces, um, excuse me, Bucky introduces Sam to Isaiah Bradley. Yes. Who is a character that, very interesting character played by Carl Lumley, who, that's somebody that, you know, he's a veteran actor, has been around. I knew, I knew I heard that. I recognized that voice. Yeah. Played Martian Manhunter. Uh, oh, yeah, Mar- like, that's what I, I said. Wait a minute. That sounds like Martian Manhunter. <laughs> that it, Martian Manhunter on the Justice League cartoon show, yeah. as well as the, the father, father of, yeah. of on Supergirl, the uh, Marin oh, on like, Supergirl. I, rec- I recognize this guy. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I recognize him. I, I was doing that. I was doing that later to the Caprio gift from the when they came. <laughs> I'm like, I was pointing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carl Lumbly has been around forever, and I mean, he's done a lot of work in comic book type things. He obviously respects the genre, so yeah. yeah. He is a soldier, a super soldier who fought in the Korean War, and uh, they actually want him to help them uncover some more information about the super soldier serums being used to um, imprison and experiment on other super soldiers, and he doesn't want to help them in that. Um, yeah, he's all about. Do you know what they did to me? Meaning, yeah, he he definitely wants to leave that in the past. Meaning so. Hydra, I guess, right? Yeah, and uh, it was really powerful. Like his his torment and pain over that was really evident. Like, and again, 
Yeah, I think it's a testament to how good of an actor he is. Yes. To be able to sell that. Yeah. So eventually, and we get a little bit of kind of a social commentary here. We see that Sam and Bucky are arguing in the street, and the police immediately pull up, and they're like, "What? You know, what's what's this guy's problem?" And of course, that it's Sam. That they immediately are like, "Hey, what what's that guy doing?" You know, and then yeah, of course, I, yeah, it, it really is a commentary on you know the the, the racism. Mm-hmm. And, and the racial profiling and the police, the whole thing with the police. I'm like, okay, and good, you know what? Good on Marvel for commenting on that because right. uh, you know Black Lightning did it on the TV show. Um, a couple they, didn't be, they didn't beat you over the head with it, but they they let it be. Yeah. They yeah, let it be known that it was something that was reality. But so. for people that would accuse Marvel of just being fluff, I think this kind of thing disproves that. Right. You know. And but then the, the police realize that they realize who Sam is, and but Bucky, he missed a therapy appointment, so now he's in trouble because that's a that's a condition of his pardon. Yeah. So then the two of them have a session with Doctor Rayner, which yeah. it. <laughs> I wonder if she's related to Kyle at all. Like this could yeah. yeah. Well, that's another thing I thought. I'm like, wait a minute. She spells it differently, and hopefully she's not related to Kyle because, yeah, she was kind of mean. But <laughs> anyway, so... Um, she's not getting free coffee right now, so I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so after they are, they are over, um, after they, 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 the, the, um, the session is over, you see them once again run into Walker and Hoskins, and again, the, the, the tension between the two pairs you see it start to play out more. And back in uh, Slovakia, you see the Flag Smashers escape by airplane, and uh, they are fighting against the Power Brokers minions. And this leads Sam and Bucky to say that they've got to gather some intelligence on the Flag Smashers. And his idea is to, and this is, Bucky suggests that they travel and free helmet zemo and that's the big moment that we didn't see the next episode set up uh yeah the reference of zemo was pretty i'm like oh at the end i was like all right is it friday yet yeah <laughs> exactly you know? um now i will say i have some mixed feelings on this version of Zemo because I do like Zemo from the comics and we'll get into that in the when we talk about the next episode. Yeah, he's pretty cool in the comics from what I from Oh what yeah. I yeah. Just very different. And there are some things that like I said that I would uh um that I have issue with, but yeah. So anyway, what would you rate this episode? Um I'm gonna say A minus. I'm going to give it an A, but anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, sir. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I really like, again, I really like um, uh, uh, the, uh, the the introduction. Uh, the, what really got me was, again, the the, the <coughs> back and forth with, with Bucky and Sam. Mm-hmm. The real world issues that they were dealing with, with you know, with the cops. And, and yeah. That really hit home. And his sister not being able to get a loan, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Like the real world stuff. Yeah. But also 
they got me when they brought Martian Manhunter and made him a super soldier. I'm like, all right, all right, you guys, you, did that, you, you stepped it up this episode. Well done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would give it an A. Uh, again, you know, they're, they're definitely building here. And I like yeah. the fact that you see immediately the tension between the, the pairs there. And, you know, th- that's kind of enticing you to yeah, say, that too, yeah, yeah. eventually you're going to see Hoskins and Walker go up against, you know, uh, Bucky and Sam. So, um, so let me uh, t- uh, talk very quickly here about Lamar Hoskins. I actually had Captain America number 334 when I was a kid. And that was when Hoskins first became the new Bucky. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've... Have you ever heard this story? I never have, no. Okay. So what happened was Lamar Hoskins was introduced as the new Bucky alongside Steve Rogers. And he only held that name until issue number 341, which it was then changed to Battlestar. Now, Marvel issued an apology for naming him Bucky. And I didn't quite understand why, because I was a young teenager at the time and I read the release that they put out. It was actually in one of the comics about why they made the name change. Okay. And the, the reason they did that is because there, there was an old term that could be kind of racially derogatory. And that, that term is calling a black man, Buck. Okay. And it goes back to the slavery days. And it was actually Dwayne McDuffie, who is one of the founders founders of Milestone Media, who pointed it out to Marvel. And they're like, you know, you're calling this person, you know, you're calling a full, first, first of all, you have a full-grown man as a sidekick. And you're also calling him Bucky. And so I, I just accepted it, but I didn't quite understand it until I got to college. And I remember one of my history classes, I learned about the process of buck breaking. Now, I don't want to go into that because it is as ghastly as you can I, possibly. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to look it up, go ahead, buck breaking. But all of a sudden in my college class, I'm thinking about this comic that I read. Like, yeah, you, were doing, you were doing the, 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 the thing, the, the point. Yeah, now I get it. So yeah. I was slow on the uptake, but yeah, I finally understood yeah. why that was such yeah. a bad idea. So See, I had no idea. All, all I heard was Battlestar, and I was like, go on the go. <laughs> so yeah, they changed his outfit. They changed his name to Battlestar, obviously, because I mean, that Good was, idea. they didn't want to come off as, as unintentionally derogatory at all. So Good yeah. Idea. But again, so sometimes these things happen where, you know, the people in charge may not be aware. And as long as somebody points it out and they change it, then cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, good on Dwayne McDuffie for, yeah. you know, ha- yeah, for actually stepping up and saying, hey, this is something that uh, that you need to change, you know? Yeah. So. Well done. Yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. So three. Yeah. Episode number three. Uh, what was the name of that episode? Power Broker. Yeah, here we go. So um, now we see in this episode that Sam is unaware of what Bucky is up to. And he actually orchestrates brilliantly here this prison riot. And he helps Zemo escape. And Zemo agrees to help stop the Flag Smashers. So uh, one of my issues with Baron Zemo in Civil War was you never really got to see him be a physical threat. That's one of the main 
parts about his character in the comics. He's yeah. an accomplished swordsman. He's um, he's a brilliant fighting tactician. Even with characters that are uh, you know at, at greater power levels, he can hold his own. Right. And you never saw anything like that in Civil War, really. And so I like the fact that you get to see that in a couple different places in this episode. Yeah, so, no, it's, it, I, I I really dug that whole prison breakout scene. Oh yeah, and I like how it was intercut with. With um, the explanation, with, yeah, with Bucky basically <laughs> kind of explaining the plan to Sam, having already done it, and and because he knew he would he would say absolutely not. So that and that was kind of funny. Uh, and I like halfway through the explanation, he's like, "Where the hell are we?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, he was like, and by the way, where are? We? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of funny. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, like I said, I do like that. I like the fact that later on we see that uh, you know he's rich, his family has money, uh, hence the name Baron. It's funny, yeah, because because he said, "Wait a minute, you're rich." He's like, "Well, I am a Baron." Well, I am a Baron, right? Right. And we also see him get the mask, which I thought was something that was. Um, you know, I know some people will just say, you know, that, that the aesthetics don't matter. I don't think that's true. That's something that's very memorable yeah, about oh, Baron yeah. Zemo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, by the way, I mean, his mask you, uh, later on uh, in the comics, and uh, again, I'm not saying that these are spoilers, but in the comics, much like his father, his mask gets welded to his face oh. in an accident with adhesive X. So basically, so, him and, and Black Mask could basically go to therapy together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that can would be interesting. Can you imagine that therapy session? Uh, if they didn't kill each other first, sure. Yeah. I'd like to, <laughs> it'd be like Fight Club on steroids. I'd like to watch. I'd pay to watch that. Like, all right. My money's on. Actually, I don't know who I'd bet on in that case. But you know, in the, in the comics, he's a villain who he's raised with a legacy of hate. Again, he's a legacy villain yeah. going back many generations. And there was a period in the comics where he kind of turned into an anti-hero, but. I really don't like how they adapted his backstory in, in Civil War. Uh-huh. Which, and by the way, uh, Captain America Civil War is one of my favorite movies. It's in my top five. Right. But I really thought that Zemo, it was kind of weak to have him being a Sokovian soldier. Yeah. And so I will say that in this series, so far he still has an element of being sympathetic. And I really don't think he should be. I think he. I hope he turns into a villain who turns out to be one of the big bads. And by the end of this, he's somebody who is very much earning the villain title. That he's not somebody who is kind of cool and kind of sympathetic. I'd rather him be more like the Baron Zemo from the comics. Yeah. Okay. So in the brief, in the brief, uh, you know, appearances that I've read him in, namely some Captain, recent Captain America stuff, mm-hmm. and I think he was a key player in the first volume of one of the recent Punisher Mm -hmm. stories. Yes, yes. He was an absolute miserable uh, (laughs) SOB. Yeah. Like of the highest order. And you could sense, okay, this guy's a real villain. And I'm like, wait a minute. Doesn't really resemble the guy from Civil War. Like, it's not really... So, I agree with what you're saying. In my limited exposure to him, I I understand what you're saying. Mm. For sure. Yeah, can we talk about those th- that that fight sequence though? In the which one? In the, 
Well, the first one, when Sharon. No, oh, yeah. It's the second one. Yeah. Well, both of them. But, but. Well, anyway, so they, they travel to Madripoor, yeah. and there's a criminal sanctuary island there, and they meet with this criminal named Selby. And she reveals that the power broker hired a former Hydra scientist named Dr. Wilfred Nagel to make another super soldier serum. And it's interesting. They're they're trying to be undercover, and at first they're succeeding. But then Sarah calls Sam, and that inadvertently exposes them. So then they have to go on the run again, and they run into, guess who? Sharon Carter. So who is... You know, I, I was, what's the, what the actress is what Emily Van Camp, I think. Emily right? Van Camp, yes. Emily Van Camp is indeed on the list. Oh, good lord! You know, it's funny now. I can't watch a show and not see a female character and wonder. I'm like. Is she on Adam's Multiverse Wives? Well, you, can, you can always text me. You don't have to wait till we podcast to find out. You know that. Eh? Uh, it's more. It's more interesting though. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. But, well, when uh, you when you see them, make a note and then ask me about it as as, as we go. Yeah. As we go. So we see that Sharon Carter. She's been a, fugi- a fugitive. Uh, she helps save Zemo and Ka- uh, Zemo and Falcon and Bucky. And she takes them to Nagel's lab. And mm-hmm. we learn that there is another 20 doses of the serum that was recreated. And in a, in a turn that I actually really liked, uh, Z, uh, Zemo just kind of unexpectedly kills Nagel without the approval of Sam and Bucky. And then he steals a getaway vehicle. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that moment. And, of course, later on, uh, we see within a few minutes he has found the car and he uh, he offers, of course, a ride to um, Sam and Bucky. And, and so far, in my, my favorite moment in, in the series so far, um, Bucky gets in the front seat and Sam gets in the back and Sam immediately says, you're not going to move your seat up, are you? And Bucky's like, no. And that's, a, <laughs> of course, that's a call back to Captain America Civil War, which I thought was hilarious. So. Yeah, that was funny. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I really liked the, the the fight scene where you know, in, in all the chaos and all the gunfire, Zemo puts his mask on in that, in that moment. There, that, I mean, that was that was the fight scene that I was like, okay, this show really is. Well, it, it, it showed just how dangerous he is, and again, it's like you say, that's something that that's not a minor part of his character. It, it shouldn't be. Well, he can be a physical threat or not. He should be. Yeah. And that, that mask, he puts that on, and I mean, it really gives you a different visual. And yeah. I, I just really liked how, you know, he does the, you know, the, the kind of merciless killing. We see him that he's more of a physical threat. We see the mask on him. So I, I definitely think this series is taking strides with the character. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And like I said, I was really impressed with the fight sequencing. Yeah. yeah. I, it reminded me of, of of this episode really more than even I mean the other two did too, but more so this episode than the other two. Really gave me call back to uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And I love that movie, so 
Oh yeah, well, all of the Captain America movies I think are just just amazing. Uh, yeah. Even even First Avenger, which got a little bit more mixed reviews than the other two, but I, I think it's 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 uh it's a movie that doesn't get its due. But anyway, so back to the episode, we see that Sharon Carter she stays behind, and they say that they're going to try to get a pardon for her. And Walker and Hoskins they arrive in Berlin. And they realize what Bucky and Sam have done in helping Zemo escape. And so, again, we see the tension set up a little bit more with them, too. And the Flag Smashers, they raid a global, a global Repatriation Council storage facility in Lithuania for supplies. And Bucky and Zemo and Sam, they travel to Latvia and in search of uh, Morgenthau. And Bucky, when they're there, he looks, he's on the street and he realizes that he is surrounded by Wakandan tracking devices. And the last image from this episode is he turns around and there is Io from the Dora Milaje, who she's like, I'm here for Baron Zemo. So she knows what they're up to. That was incredible. Yes. I I wasn't expecting that, that, um, appearance that was a that was a great surprise and i can't believe that people are actually out there they thought it was a koye she doesn't look anything like denai guerrera come on now (laughs) oh my gosh anyway but no this episode i would say again another solid a uh maybe even hedging towards an a plus like i said there were there were still some things that i don't like about baron zemo at this point but they're developing this character i think in positive ways so yeah I'm going to go ahead and give this one the A+. Okay. Like I said, I, I think Baron Zemo was the most Baron Zemo we've seen of him yet. Um, Zemo I, was Zemo-ing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Not Emo-ing, but Zemo-ing, yeah. Um, I, I really like both big action set pieces, the fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said, it reminded me the most of Captain America the Winter Soldier of the three episodes. Yep. And anytime you give you can invoke that movie to me, it's a win. And also, they they included one of my multiverse wives, so how can I not give it an A plus? <laughs> you know, there we go. And you know, I will say after the, the at the halfway point, I am again. This is not a knock on 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 um, on uh, which character. Come on, uh, WandaVision. Sure. But I'm liking Falcon and the Winter Soldier even better. Well, like I said, I mean, this is this is giving you the other side of the Marvel it's universe. It's more traditional MCU, yeah. which, is, yeah. which is, you know. They're reminding you just how big these stories are because, yeah. you know, we just came from this kind of mystical story and now we're with a grounded story. So Yeah, yeah. So yeah. overall, halfway through, I'm, I'm giving this uh, uh, two thumbs up all the way. So, yes. Yeah. And we will be back to review the other three episodes here on the Multiverse Musings vidcast, available on YouTube, which you're watching. Yeah, or? Or you can find us on iTunes or Podbean, where we do the Multiverse Musing podcast network, and that is a number, a plethora of wonderful podcasts about the DC Universe and Marvel Universes. Yes, and it's, it's, it's not as large as my Multiverse Wives list, but it's seemingly getting there. <laughs> Um, but as Donnie said, we'll be back on this podcast and vidcast to review uh, 
the final three episodes of this six-episode series. But until then, if you want to talk about Marvel or Falcon and the Winter Soldier specifically with Donnie or myself, you can on social media. Mm-hmm. So, Donnie, where do they do that? If you want to find me and talk about anything Marvel or DC, anything comic book related, or seen by Green Lantern product reviews, you can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. Also, check out my YouTube channel. You know, those reviews are causing me to spend money. <laughs> that's all I'm, I'm going to say. Uh, hey, I got retweeted by Kofi Kingston, so hey, that yeah, was a win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a, you're, the, you're the third member. I could, because Big E is on a different brand, so you could be you could be the new Big E. <laughs> you could be the Big big D. Big D. How about that? Here we go. <laughs> I don't think I want to be that. <laughs> Hey, you can bring pancakes back for it when we do the podcast. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's where you can find Big D. Uh, as for <laughs> me, <laughs> you can find me at Adam underscore Lee's fan uh, on Twitter. Or you can go to the show Twitter at MMNPDC. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is in the description below. Click on that. Ask permission to join the group. I will add you. And then we can continue the conversation there. I do want to point out, if you do like wrestling, we will be covering WrestleMania on the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network. Yes, indeed we will. Uh, But until then, we want to remind you that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier are forever. From their first joint therapy session to the last. (laughs) So long, everybody. So long, everyone. (laughs) 